Hello and welcome back to episode number 18 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Smith. And as you know by now, this podcast, uh, you can find it on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast also is powered by Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at Fans First SN. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, but specifically do so at Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash tobacco radio. Well, here on episode number 18 on Inside the Vault, my guest, he is Nick McCandless. You can follow him on Roll Coverage Pod on Twitter. He does a good job there. Nick, welcome to Inside the Vault. How are you, man? Hi, man. I'm doing great. I just want to first say thank you for bringing me on. Um, I love the show and everything like that. been catching up. Haven't got all 17 episodes yet, but I think I got two left. Sure. Yeah, it, well, if you it, you know what happens next, if you've been getting the uh, Panthers uh, season so far, you kind of know what happens in every game coming up. Yes, if I you've do. Got two left, but anyway, so uh, we'll start off with uh, just most people have been doing your observations. Uh, one and eight after the Bears loss last week on Thursday Night Football. We won't go back into that game since it's almost a week out at this point, but um, just kind of your overall arcing observations on, on the season from the Panthers from a uh, uh, three thousand foot view. Okay, um, so actually, I'm I'm actually in Denver right now, so I think about a five thousand foot view. So I'll take that. Um, but uh, overall, I think that the expectation was very much set as a very high bar as, Hey man, we're coming off of Steve Wilkes who kind of had a more run favoring offense. Um, you know, we, we had Baker, we had a lot of those pieces. We got rid of more. We expected for this uh, team to just take a massive leap forwards. Yeah. Um, we're not seeing that, but we're not seeing that on multiple levels. In fact, I'm actually doing a breakdown. I've already done one on Jonathan Mingo. The DJ Chark one comes out tomorrow. DJ Chark, for example, we went after him thinking that he's going to be somebody that's going to take the top off the defense. That's not the option when you actually go back and look at his draft profile where they said, yeah, he's a burner. Yeah, he's got, he, he's incredibly athletic, all of this stuff. But you know what they said in his draft profile in 20, I think it was 2018, 2019, um, is that he couldn't get, he, he wasn't great getting separation from people. He basically needed a blown coverage to get something. So when we, have the basis of that. We have the basis of LaVisca Chenault, who people thought was Debo Samuel for some reason, even <laughs> though uh, he he never showed anything like that in Jacksonville. You know, I, I understand the, the Miles Sanders criticism because it's very much been um, reduced in this offense, but yeah. he's also coming from an offense where the offense was him essentially. And we're seeing that now with the Philadelphia Eagles with Swift. So uh, I think it's just uh, overall, it's just been a cluster, um, cluster injuries as well. I mean, Chin, Burns, I mean, there, there's just constant things. Horns finally coming back, Von Bell out. I mean, all it's just one after another, after another. And yes, I'll give people play calling. I'll give people this and that. But again, my tinfoil hat theory, and I'm going to stay with this, is Frank Reich in this most, in this last interview kind of let some stuff go with his body language um, yeah. he was asked yeah oh yeah no please we'll get into that uh, don't spoil okay. it we'll, we'll get into that i, okay. I, I yeah. specifically had a question about that for you uh because i know your youtube breakdown which you've already done on that press conference so i wanted yes. to specifically ask about that we will get there um okay. <laughs> but yeah no so, overall i think it's i think it's the it's we had the expectation of steve wilkes had you know i think it was seven wins so we're going to improve on that but we're taking a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and I understand he's been a head coach before, but a rookie head coach in this system with this um, this uh, personnel and everything like that, everything is starting fresh. So I can't expect them to just show up and do it. Like everyone keeps saying like, oh, we just need to fire Reich. Reich will most likely will get the ax at some point. I fully support that. 
But if we do that and then we bring in some guy from college and we expect him to be, you know, a first year to do it and he doesn't, then we fire him again. We're never getting better. We're never giving the team the opportunity You're to the gel Cleveland and all that Browns stuff. from the 2010s. You're just. Yes. Yes. And, and don't get me wrong. If, if I just made actually a little short about Ken Dorsey, I, I think we could go back and look at Ken Dorsey. I mean, the time that he was with the Panthers, he had a lot of success. That was actually the yeah. time we went to a Super Bowl, went to multiple division rounds, all that other stuff. So I can see that. But uh, unless we're going for a proven talent, the only one that I truly believe in is Eric Bieniemy. Unless we're going to get him, I don't think that there's a guaranteed head coaching upgrade right now. Obviously, that's going to flesh out here soon with a lot of firings coming. But yeah, we'll see what happens um, before we get into the Dallas game specifically on Sunday. We'll preview both sides of the ball. Um, just a little bit of news and notes as we as we've seen around uh, the, the team. Uh, you mentioned J.C. Horn. We looked to get him back from IR. He was activated. Uh, we have also Ian Thomas, which is also important because Hayden Hurst is in concussion protocol. So that is very important and uh, most likely going to be missing the game on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. But the, honestly, the biggest news today was. Our starting left guard, who is a backup normally, Calvin Throckmorton, was waived today. Um, Mm -hmm. Mike Kay over the Charlotte Observer does a great job there. You know, his theory was let's move Bozeman to left guard and then let's put Cade Mays at center. And then that kind of stabilizes your left guard position a little bit better. And then you have Cade Mays at center who has experience starting last year in the jumbo Mm -hmm. RB package and some of the other uh, fill-in positions. So... We'll see if that's what they do. I don't think it is. I think it's going to be somebody like Mays or Zavala in that left guard position come Sunday. But um, Throckmorton was the scapegoat, if you will, for this Bears loss, uh, if you will. Um, That has been where the majority of the pressure has been this whole season on the offensive line is through the interior, specifically the left guard position, ever since uh, Brady Christensen went out with the triceps injury uh, week one down in uh, on I-85. But um, So we have some pieces coming back. And then you could argue – Icky had his best game versus Chicago. I, I thought, you know, zero pressures, one sack total allowed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a very good game for the offensive line. But as a whole, I think uh, that protection, though, has to get better. And I think, so that's my question. What is kind of the key uh, this Sunday uh, with Throckmorton now getting waived? We're going to have somebody in there like a Zavala, like a Cade Mays, or somebody we don't know. Uh, what? is the key on Sunday um, against this ferocious Cowboys D uh, Micah Parsons and, 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 and Tope. Oh, this is going to be real easy. I'm going to set the bar real low for this. Make sure Bryce Young doesn't die. That's pretty much it. Okay. Just, just make sure get him out of this game healthy and everything like that. There's no way. And I'm sorry, we could, be, this could be a Cardinals Cowboys thing. We could come in there and all of a sudden shock him. Would that be super cool and I'd be super excited? Yeah. Would every pundit go on television and freak out about it? Yeah, of course. But we also have to realize the Cowboys are a little depleted, so I think this game will be a little closer. I don't think it's going to be a 50 nothing blowout like them versus the Giants. I think we will be able to put up points. Um, and I think this is going to be kind of that game. Um, can Thomas Brown overcome this ridiculous defense? I know they are missing uh, Diggs, Van Der Esch, and they're missing a few other pieces, but can he get anything done on offense? And again, if this is Frank Reich and Thomas Brown working together, we need to see something because that's this is the thing. These are the games where I need to see points get put on the board because you're going to be handed the ball like 8, 10, 12 times from them because they're going to absolutely destroy us, especially if somebody like a Burns does play or something like that. Like we need to get to the quarterback. We need to get these stops. We need to actually get it done. And we're not going to be able to do that 
by running Chuba Hubbard, by running Miles Sanders. We're going to have to have Bryce throw the ball. And I need Chark. I need LaVisca. I need those guys to show up and show something. Mingo had a real bad game and got a real a lot of people really against him now. This is his opportunity. Can can he come in here, get seven catches for 60 yards and really give us an opportunity to give Thielen, you know, a break? Because otherwise they're just going to bracket Thielen and good luck. We have nothing. Yeah. Well, so you basically previewed the game there on offense. Um, what about on defense? What do we need to see um, specifically to come up with a victory uh, on Sunday? Or actually, in my notes, I said, let's just keep it close. <laughs> a victory yeah. would be nice, but clo- yes. let's, what, what do we got to come? But, uh, but I'll be optimistic. What do we what in what world can we beat the Cowboys on defense on Sunday? Um, in that world is Burns playing. Um, is um what's that oh jesus jc horn playing um you know obviously i'd like to have a chin out there but he's on ir and everything but we just need the defense to be put in situations to succeed um i think that it's going to come down to can luvu get pressure can burns get pressure can can brown get pressure you know even a tuttle or somebody like that Deion jones even i don't care who gets pressure somebody needs to go after Dak because we've seen him in these games just sit back there and if he drops 400 you know yards in this game we're gonna lose by 40 so well it needs to Bajit, we saw on Thursday night. I mean, you had Amari Bono, you had Iki Liotta, you had uh, DJ yep. Johnson at one point. I mean, you saw life without Burns. If we had traded Correct. him before the deadline or don't bring him back this offseason, which would be criminal at this point since I we know. clearly haven't traded him. Um, you saw life without Burns. Uh, mm-hmm. Gross Matos is on IR as well. Uh, Marquise Haynes, who was activated for Chicago, we knew he wasn't going to do much because he's been out eight months. I mean, it's going to be exactly. – you know, he, he, he had, it was his first game back. So, um, and then on offense, I would add for myself, uh, you know, we've seen Chuba, we've seen Sanders with some screen passes or uh, maybe using him as a, as a slot receiver. I like Raheem Blackshear. They need to continue to utilize him more. I mean, he's averaging 35 yards of kick return, uh, at least the past two games, you know, he is outstanding. And I think we need to utilize him more. And then Tommy Trimble, I said this on, on a prior podcast before the season started, um, or early in the season. Tommy Trumbull is a sneaky good tight end. I, I don't think people are talking about how well we have utilized him. And he, he, I think there was an article on Panthers.com, don't remember who wrote it, but um, Chuba Hubbard and Tommy Trimble both have been those rule picks, if you will, who kind of have um, stuck out and uh, put in extra time in the offseason, jugs machine after practice, and are really honing their craft uh, and trying to get better and kind of carve out their role here uh, on this team, not only this year, but going forward. And I, I think both of them are doing a good job this season and have shown stealth improvement uh, since last year. I agree 100%. And we're seeing more of those things. Um, the, the biggest comparison for the Panthers that we've been dealing with is Stroud versus um, Young. So, which, which we beat what? Stroud, but uh, yes, you know, yes, we did. Just, Yes, but it's one game, but we still yeah, did. It's one game and he looked great. But Stroud has the one thing that I've always said every young quarterback needs, and that's a really strong tight end. If we were really serious about it. Yes, I love Tremble. I love Ian Thomas. Even Hayden Hurst has his like little moments. But if we were really serious about winning, to be honest, the one call and I, I haven't I, I've telegraphed it a little bit. But the one call that I wish we would have made is Hey, Kansas City Chiefs, are you open to trading Travis Kelsey? He's nah. 30, he's 33 years old. I can give you a second round pick for it, which is going to be a high pick because we suck. And he can come play out his last two or three years with us and then move on, move on. I, I think that we need to start looking at the Dalton Schultzes, the Dalton Kincaids. We need a really big tight end to do that. If Tremble and Thomas can stay healthy, I could see them doing that. Um, but I I need that position specifically to be. Um, not only a great blocker, but he needs to be a dynamic 
uh, playmaker. That's what I, as much as offense, as much as we need offense, we really need a better tight end. Yeah. Or we just Uh, need Tremble to stay healthy. And could we see someone like a Mike Strecken who got a 45, I'm pronouncing his last name right now, a 45 yard catch in the Bears game just off the practice squad, former Colts player with right there. Maybe we should throw him out there. There's some other younger players that are going to get reps here in these last eight games, as they should. We're one and eight. And I, I, I mean, I mean, CJ Stroud's got the rookie of the year pretty much locked up at this point. If Bryce Young were to actually lead the Panthers to, I mean, yeah, you keep seeing these people after every loss. Oh, 10 and seven. Now nine and eight. If Bryce Young were to do that, he would win rookie of the year. Boy, yeah, but that would literally require his entire uh, team to literally elevate overnight. Yes. I honestly thought coming into the season, though, the way – like I'm looking at the depth chart now. um, I'm looking at this roster construction. I thought we would be moving more towards an offense like an an older Baltimore running, you know – double running backs, maybe two tight ends. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we talked about LaVisca being, you know, quote unquote Debo. It, if we don't, if we can't even stop Bryce from getting murdered every game, we can't have a Debo show up. Yeah. And, and Frank also mentioned no staff changes. Uh, will we see a GM change maybe at the end of the year? I, I don't think so just based on continuity, but uh, I get the sense, and, and this is where I want to kind of pivot. I, I get the sense mm-hmm. it's either going to be both or none. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'll kind of back that up with a few different things. Um, And then we'll kind of um, wrap up with, by the way, I I agree with you. It's either (laughs) going to be both or none. Yeah. Well, um, this is where I kind of want to pivot a little bit and go into kind of three different articles that I saw and kind of give fans who may not be able to see this uh, either because of subscription services or just don't have the time. Um, I'll I'll kind of give you the, the headline points that um and panther fans should read all these articles i'm about to to mention um not hard to find most of them uh first off was dj uh danger jeremiah from the sticks former uh amphel scout and now uh move the sticks podcast with bucky brooks who is a former panther scout um his thoughts pass protection poor not much separation downfield limited run after catch which we know uh when you struggle to protect you don't have the guys to stretch vertically the field shrinks and therefore, DBs play flat-footed and drive on everything. Bryce has a depth of target of 6.7 yards. Again, this is all from Daniel Jeremiah. And Bryce can't help those things, but he does need to speed up his process a little bit. He's waiting for college guys, uh, college opening windows instead of NFL windows, which I think you see Stroud doing quite well, throwing guys open. So that's the first one from Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, I mean, I thought he hit on all those points there. I, I couldn't agree more, but that's the thing that I think a lot of people are, are not understanding. Like, let's say, for example, I'm going to go back to a different game, uh, not even a Panthers game, Broncos Dolphins game, where we, everybody wrote off the Broncos as, man, they are not even a serious franchise this year. You guys got blown out by 70. Like, what are you guys doing? So the minute we saw that everyone went in on their offensive line and everything like that, and they're like, oh, Russell doesn't have this help, doesn't have all this help, blah, blah, blah. If you watch the game last night, the Broncos can actually protect Russell Wilson. So we're going to see that succeed. The Panthers do not have that opportunity. He's 100% correct. The line is a shell of itself. And to be honest, I don't think there's one person on that team I truly love at the line. They're they're yeah. all good, but not, right. nobody to love. And then the second, and there's three specific um, things I'm bringing up here. Number two is Diana Racine from The Athletic. Um, she wrote... Um, you know, and this has kind of been this has been out there the last 24 hours is pretty new. Um, you know, the opinion from sources she's talked to in the building, uh, young is obviously the future, unified belief based on that. But 
you wouldn't take a rocket scientist to, to see what she then said. Bryshawn needs help. He needs protection. He needs a run game. He needs cleaner route running from his receivers. And he needs play calling that instills confidence and creates momentum. She said, finally, that David Tepper is frustrated by the offense and lack of improvement. Some in the building believe the roster has been built correctly, while others criticize the offense overall. This is an offense some league sources have described as boring and predictable, even lifeless. Lifeless. Yep. Yep. That I is. Saw the, I read that article. Yep. That is quite the. Uh, <laughs> and, and since the other one is Joe Person, also of the Athletic, I'll also finish with him really quickly. Of course, uh, his is very short. Several coaches and executives believe Panthers are relying too heavily on shotgun pistol formations with Young, and not doing more under center. Uh, specifically play action, which would slow down the pass rush because they would have to honor the run and create separation mm-hmm. for receivers between the second and third level of the defense. So that was Joe Person specifically uh, talking about his thoughts there in, in a recent article. I thought those guys also hit their points on the head too. I mean, it's not hard to see what's plaguing this team. If they can just create some of these, um, you know, the margin for was yeah, as, as we know, yeah. the margin error is very, very tight. But if they can just cut down on the turnovers and just play a little bit of a cleaner football, it doesn't have to be the it doesn't have to look like the Miami Dolphins. We we can win right. some games here. Correct. I couldn't agree with you more. But that, but see, that's the point. Um, I think that a lot of people have gone on to the coaching, coach, uh, you know, game plan, scheme, all that other stuff. But we can drop Nick Saban on this team. This team is not getting better. The personnel needs to be solved first. I think I saw some crazy thing out there that um, Fitterer has spent like 22 total picks in order to get Bryce Young from beginning to end with trades and all that other stuff. So if that's the case, we have a bad evaluator of talent. And, it, and if uh, all the reports and everything are true, our head coach didn't even want our quarterback. Now, obviously we're not going to be able to get any confirmation on that, but Frank Reich has always wanted tall, strong, big, the whole nine. So I I don't know really how we built this team for a a system when we didn't have the personnel for it anyways. So it's, it's not just one thing. Yes. It's, it's game plan. It's everything like that. But this team with, again, I I always make the joke, we could put Jesus Christ as the head coach. Nothing's going to change. Like um, barring a, a literal magic show, this team is unfortunately unable to get out of its own way. But going back to what you said about him being under center Ray or, or Reich actually said in his last interview that, um, excuse me, Bryce Young took 98% of his snaps from pistol or shotgun. He had less than 2% in all of college under center. So if that's the case, he's going to what he wants. I understand the whole play action and everything like that, but they're not going to respect the run game because they don't respect the line or the running backs. Um, So there's no point in them respecting it. They're just going to bulldoze, you know, Bozeman and Zavala and Icky and everybody like that. And who cares? Either they're running the ball and now I'm already in the backfield or they're throwing the ball and good luck. Well, so, now is the time, uh, before we get to some predictions, now is the time for your um, YouTube breakdown really quickly. Uh, Frank did speak to the press yesterday, and I'll be honest, there's a couple pictures floating on on X uh, or Twitter. I'm not going to call it X, I refuse to. Um, I it looks like he is aged between mm-hmm. the press conference to, that he got hired and then the press conference on Monday. Um, yep. I mean, this job has aged him, it looks like, in a short amount of time he's been on the job. Um, he talked about not being a physical run team that, and, and, and you said the limited snaps under center. So give us a little bit of a, encourage people to obviously to go watch the YouTube breakdown, but give us a, the, the head points of kind of what you talked about in that breakdown for the press conference. Of course. Yeah. If you want to check out the breakdown, it's on my YouTube channel, Row Coverage, or I have the link on my uh, Twitter slash X, Row Coverage Pod. Uh, but yeah, I kind of went down and I went through it and there's just a bunch of moments where you're seeing him 
take in the information, process it, and then give a uh, the proper response, the head coach response. The main one that I wanted to talk about was when a reporter brought up, um, you know, you guys know that you guys don't have the personnel for the scheme and blah, blah, blah. And you can literally see him going like this, like, like Shane said, he's like, yep, yep, yep. And then you see him, he goes and he pauses and he's like, well, you know, it's the scheme and blah, blah, blah. He's giving the right answer, which is what I want from a head coach. I don't want it. A lot of people like freak out that he needs to be screaming on the field and throwing stuff. That's not, we don't need Bobby Knight. I need a guy to be the adult in the room. I need a guy to instill confidence, to be poised. Um, you know, all of those, you know, buzzwords, whatever you want to say. Uh, but I think that we are at the point now uh, where Frank needs to start getting some credit because I do believe that he's taking the brunt of this to protect not only the staff, but also the players. He's, he's going up there and just taking it to the face. Like guys are just giving him these terrible, uh, you know, questions. And he's just like eating it. He's like, you know what? It's me. It's me. It's me. I'm the head coach. I accept responsibility X, Y, and Z. I truly believe. And I've, like I said, before the season even started, I think he's protecting Thomas Brown and Evero and all that other stuff. And again, if we were jettisoning him, the criticism on Reich was that he was play calling and he was the head coach. So everybody's solution is to make the make an interim head coach or uh, be the head coach and also call plays. So I think it's a defeatist thing going back and forth. But yes, he absolutely looks aged. Again, I think it's because he's taking it on the chin. He's trying to give Bryce the opportunity to grow, um, but he just has to be the punching bag. And I would ex I wouldn't expect him to uh, have a long tenure here in Carolina. I'm obviously hoping so. I'm hoping we found our head coach for the future. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's either going to be Fitterer and and um, Frank together, or it's going to be none of them. And that's honestly the worst thing. We need Fitterer gone more than anything. Yeah. I'll give Frank a year or two. My 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 theory for him was this year sucked. That's that's great. Get to the offseason. We don't have a first round pick. Um, let him deal with the offseason, get some pieces together. And if we end up, you know, two and three, two and four next year, fire him and do with do whatever you want. But if that's the case, they at that point they both need to go. Yeah. Um, but that's actually, yeah, he's he's doing a lot for our organization and a lot of our fans are shitting all over him. Yeah. Um well, we'll get you out of here uh, on three predictions. Um, and as I said, my guest today here on Roll Coverage Pod, Nicholas, uh, you can find him there at Roll Coverage Pod, does a great job. Uh, Nick, I, I ask this on every episode, so you'll be the next person to be uh, asked this question. Uh, Brian Burns, um, after the season, are we going to slap the franchise tag on him or are we going to get a long-term uh, deal done? That's question number one. Deal done. Um, if you look at the the salary cap moving forwards, people are whining about fifty million dollar quarterbacks. By twenty thirty, they they estimate the quarterback salary to be over seventy five million. So give him his money now. I don't care. He's twenty five. Give him. A, I would give him a seven year deal, twenty five million a year, and I'll give you a bunch of that money up front and a huge signing bonus. Let's just be done with this because in two years, twenty five million for a pat for a twenty seven year old pass rusher is going to be pennies. And then if down the road we want to trade him, now that it's such a friendly contract, it's going to net us a lot more. Yeah. Um. What is the goal for the rest of this season? Um, wins and losses, we know. We would like the wins, obviously. But uh, we have Bryce Young's development, but uh, that's what the easy answer. What's another goal for the rest of the season? What do you want to see in these last eight games a as a whole? Do you want to just see us be able to keep games close? <laughs> I don't want to say it like that. But, uh, you know, other than Bryce Young's development, which is obviously obvious, what other things do you want to see these last eight games? Um, I want to see a massive focus on the offensive line. 
Um, we need to protect him. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is back or who is back there, whether it's Dalton or Young. We need to stop them from getting sacked, getting pressured immediately. I saw some stat that he was pressured at like 45% of all of his throws or something stupid. Like he he's being pressured a lot. We need to be able to protect him. If we can't protect him, it doesn't matter the pieces around him. Nobody has the time to get open. Yeah. And then finally, uh, I won't ask you to make a prediction as our one and eight uh, season has uh, kind of alluded to that, but uh, in Dallas is Dallas and with our point spread uh, being what it is. But um, what do we need to do to come out with a victory on Sunday against Dallas? What, what do we need to do? What's the n- number one thing we need to do? Defense needs to show up. If we allow Dak to throw the ball, the game's over. I'm sorry. If he ends up, if this stat line ends up with 400 passing yards, like I said before, it, the, we, we're we never close. So unless yeah. we're getting pressured, unless we can have JC Horn maybe get a pick or two and maybe really make us feel happy about this defense, that's the only way we get out of this close. If our defense is like weeks one, two, and three, where we give up, you know, or God, the Lions game gave up 40. I don't really care. We, Bryce can throw literally every time. He's not going to be able to score 40 points. I I'd be surprised if he scored 40 points to this point at the, you know, yeah. this point in the year. Yeah. Last thing, um, anything else you want to kind of get out there? Uh, well, you can plug your stuff in a second, but uh, as far as just what anything else fans need to know, uh, things that you feel like um, just using uh, here on inside the vault that fans need to know about this team, things that we may not be talking about as much uh, things that you want fans to kind of take away from this conversation. Um, I, number one, I would say is, uh, start looking at the entirety of the situation. I know that we are upset about what's on the field, but what's up, what is happening on the field, um, didn't happen when Frank Reich got there. It happened well before him. He's going to take the fall. He's going to get all that stuff, but I think we need to start putting the blame where it is, which is in the front office, which is with the owner, which is with the GM. Um, we need to start really pushing that vitriol that so many have to fire him so quickly, um, and do that. We also need to kind of understand where the personnel is. So many people were sold that dream of 10 wins and a playoff spot, uh, but very quickly should have realized that Chark, LaVisca, and even a rookie Mingo can't be expected to carry this team and again with our wide receiver one being a 33 year old wide receiver who if he stayed in minnesota would be wide receiver four behind jay jettas addison and kj osborne in that order most I, likely I if say, not he's wide three, receiver three personally but either way yeah I would if he's wide receiver him. three then he shouldn't yeah. be our wide receiver one Awesome. Well, uh, as I said, um, he is uh, at Roll Coverage Pod, uh, Nicholas on Twitter. There, uh, anything else you want to plug while, while we got you? No, no, no. I just, I just want to really appreciate you for bringing me on. You do a really good thing here, and I'm excited to see your hundredth episode. <laughs> Thank you very much. Of course. Uh, well, as I said at the top, uh, my guest today, he has uh, Roll Coverage Pod, uh, Nicholas McCandless. Follow him there. He does great work, and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you, Nicholas. Heck yeah, buddy. I appreciate you. And that will wrap up episode number 18 on Inside the Vault, the Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. We will see you next time. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we'll see you next week.